Before I had my driver's license, I had always hired kids that were a couple years older than me so we could drive around and go do some detailing. People would buy something and say, you know, it was pretty good, but it would be better if you could do X. It would be better if it would be not so dusty or, or the tire shines a little bit too shiny or whatever. So Colorado is a popular place that, um, you know, it adds status to our brand. This is the ProCo 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting ProCo 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know Colorado entrepreneurs. Today's episode features Adam Patale, founder and chief detailer of Adam's Polishes. Longtime listeners know that I love, I mean, I really love a great niche. And Adam started Adam's Polishes with car cleaning products for what he calls the hobbyist. And I've tried the products. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Bet, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed using them, and I will say they were easy to use. It felt kind of gratifying, actually, to use them, but I can't see how cleaning a car would be anyone's hobby. I know it is, and so we're going to talk about that and and the idea that that maintaining one's car can be a hobby, and for so many, and that's why Adam started and has built a very impressive Colorado company, which now sells products for exterior and interior car cleaning and detailing, and lots of hardware and branded products. How many SKUs do you have now? Over 350. I mean, that's, we're going to talk about that evolution from just a few products that clean your car to that, and also, I mean, you're, uh, the company now is doing tens of millions in revenue. Adam, I'm looking forward to talking about building Adam's polishes. Glad you could be here on ProCo 360. Well, that's a pleasure. It took us a long time to get together, Dave. I'm glad it we did. finally pulled it together. I know, and you're in town for like a holiday party or something, so exactly. I'm glad we can make it work. Uh, I, I gave an overview, but you could probably do a better job. So Adam's Polishes is something that uh, I started about 22 years ago, almost 23 years ago, actually. And as a detailer, it's something that has been a passion of mine for since I was a little kid. So I, I got into cleaning bicycles hmm. and had a little bicycle repair and cleaning business. just happened that my mom uh, worked at a big pharmaceutical company. It was in Southern California. After my parents split, she started dating a guy who was a cyclist huh. at this place. Anyway, he left his bike in the garage one time after a long, long bike ride. He did a 100-mile bike ride in Solvang, California. It was a super rainy, rainy mm-hmm. bike ride. Bike was filthy. When he came back, I would cleaned his bike up and polished the wheels and replaced some of the little leather toe straps. And that's the way it used to be toe clips. Yeah, had yeah, leather yeah. straps, yeah. you know. And he'd scuff the handlebars, so I retaped the handlebars for him. And anyway, bottom line, he came back. His mind was blown. He went back to Allergan Pharmaceuticals told all of the 150 Uh, people in the cycling club that I'm like this total prodigy, you know, (laughs) bike cleaner. And uh, suddenly there was a business born and I was 10 years old. So so that's how that whole thing got going. And then car detailing, neighbors, you know, one one neighbor, then the next neighbor, just car washing. So it was just something I was passionate about and I'm horrible at sports. (laughs) So so that became the deal. Yeah, that's interesting though, because what you built was a service initially as a 10 year old and then evolved. It was a service business. It wasn't a products business at Correct. all, right? Yeah. So talk about that transition. And you weren't 10 when you started making products, right? No, not at all. Yeah. No. Well, I kept with detailing all the way through, uh, you know, junior high school. And in high school, I started getting into fleet detailing and getting into fleets. As a kid, as a teenager? Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. I was, as soon as I got my driver's license, I could go to places. Uh. Before I had my driver's license, I had always hired kids that were a couple years older than me so we could drive around and go wow. do some detailing. So anyway, the fleet detailing business was born because 
it was such a pain in the butt to drive around Southern California where I grew up to go from car to car to car. You know, if every car required a drive to someone's house, you didn't really get a lot of volume in. You know, a lot of time spent on the road and not as much time spent detailing. So I went after these limousine fleet owners and I just, you know, yellow pages, you know, this is, uh, you know, mid 80s. And I said, listen, I called everybody. I would like to do one free detail for you. Mm. And if you like the service, hire me. And if not, it's free. I'm going to just let me do one. So out of the five big fleet of of limousine, uh, you know, owners that I spoke with, I did four complete details and uh, and they and they all hired me. Wow! So it ended up in it, and you know, huh? a couple of them were super shady. And uh, but what I learned was that the process that you use to detail these limousines can be either very efficient, yeah, or you can really waste a ton of time and not get a lot done. So we started looking at different ways of detailing a limousine to save time. Mm. What steps could be eliminated? If we could combine a couple of different products on a buffing pad and hit it once with a polisher versus twice or three times, boy, that's going to come up in a lot more profitable ways. So just kind of kept that that focus on reducing the amount of complexity and redundancy in detailing. Hmm. That's interesting to me, and I'm interrupting you because the thing about detailing that bugs me is that it's so detail-oriented. I mean, it takes so long, and I I suspect – Excuse me. Got that, Tyler. Um, I suspect it's because I partially don't really understand the processes that would make it efficient. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Sure. Yeah. And and there's, it's a it's a fairly you know for obviously for me it's a very simple process, right? Because it's something that I've been doing for forty yeah, of yeah. forty of my fifty years. But uh, the process is cleaning is one part, pol- yeah. polishing, mm-hmm. and then. And then paint correction, which is fixing scratches. So big black limousines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at those and the sun hits it just right. Yeah, and they well, look you all s- scratched out. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, they'll drive to the car wash or something like that uh-huh. or use the wrong towels to wash it. Use the uh, an old wash uh-huh. mitt. So, all right, I'm getting off topic, but I'm just curious. So if my car's moderately dirty right now, it would it, to detail it would probably take me three hours. How long would it take you to do it right? It would take more than three hours for me to do it. Would right. it really? Well, just oh, the, so the, the I would cleaning. take three hours to do a bad job. You would take, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, there's definitely a process of, and there's different levels of detailing. Just yeah. like anything else, you know, you get into it. If you want to do a really thorough washing, yeah, you want to. Th- if you haven't cleaned your car really thoroughly in, let's say, six months, yeah. Well, that's going to take you a couple hours because you really want to thoroughly vacuum. You want to clean the engine compartment. You need to remove all the soot from your exhaust tips. You want to clean, you know, the wheels. If you look in the wheels, you can see the back of the wheel. If you don't regularly clean those, it's called the barrel of the wheel. If you don't regularly clean the barrels, well, then there's a lot of soot on there. So that thorough washing alone is going to take you a couple of hours. Wow. Okay. So this is where we're going to talk about hobbyists in a minute, clearly, because I will never do that. (laughs) So, but I appreciate the niche of of the hobbyist. So let's back up though. You started your, the, the products company basically at an outdoor swap meet in California, right? Talk about that. So when I was a kid, I lived pretty close to what was called uh, Bill Yates Porsche Volkswagen. Now, Bill Yates had one of the more busy Porsche and Volkswagen dealerships in all of Southern California. And he was actually close, closer for me to ride my bike to to get some products 
than say the the local builders emporium, which would be like a today's Home Depot, only yeah, smaller. Yeah. Anyway, I would ride my bike over, and they had these products called Der Stuff. Der, like the in German is yeah, Der. Yeah, yeah. So I started buying this stuff called Der Stuff, and the guy that really you know was piloting this company was his name was Dave Herbert, but. They called him Dur Dave. <laughs> so I'm buying stuff from Dur Dave, and I'm buying these products initially to detail bicycles and eventually mm-hmm. to detail. So fast forward all the way. I go to college. I detail all the way through. You know, mm-hmm. That's how I put myself through you know, school and everything else. After school, I, I start to realize that I really am not cut out to sell commercial real estate. That's, what, mm-hmm. that's my first job yeah, after yeah, college yeah. was. You know, I'm in a tie. I'm under fluorescent lights. I'm like, this is not for me. So I go and I kept in touch with Dave. For 20 plus years, right? So I've known him forever. Um, at this point, I go to Dave and I said, Dave, what's going on with Dirt Stuff? You selling any of this stuff? What's going on? Huh. He says, no, I'm doing okay, you know. He's located right across the street from the Orange County Marketplace in Southern California huh. in Costa Mesa. I'm just realizing that I, I need to pay some rent someday because I'm basically, you know. I'm, I'm Not selling I'm, real estate. Yeah. I was not selling real huh. estate. I was, I was very unsuccessful huh. at that. So I went. Over to the over to the Orange County swap meet, I bought a pair of you know they sell Nikes that are like blems, you know some mm-hmm. some yeah, little yeah, yeah. some flaw. So I went and bought a pair of flawed Nikes, strapped them on, and I just cooked up and down every aisle of the Orange County swap meet. It was early two thousand, I think it was January two thousand, yeah. and I couldn't find anybody selling car wax or car detailing stuff. I'm like, huh. So I went back to Dave and I said, Dave, I got an idea. Let's go ahead and set up a booth across the way over at the Orange County Swap Meet. I'm going to see if we can sell some detailing products on the weekends. I'll sell real estate during the week. Let's try it. Wow. He's like, oh, why not? Yeah, let's go for it. You know, I've known this guy forever. He's a buddy. So we go over there. We set up a booth. Our first day was like February 4th, 5th, 6th, or 7th. I forget where it laid, but it's in this first weekend of February. Set up a booth. Set out a couple of tables that I borrowed. Mm -hmm. We got some paint cloths from Home Depot, you know, some yep, paint yeah. throws. Put them over the tables. Over yeah, the yeah, tables, yeah. yeah. We had we had like one or two bottles of the dirt stuff out on the table, and uh, borrowed a borrowed a truck from one guy, borrowed a car from somebody else, and we sat there and did demonstrations and uh, started selling stuff. And the first day was dismal, <laughs> really, 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 really bad. I thought this was going to be like the first day we've sold out. Oh no, no. no. Well, and, and our location wasn't totally dialed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our and our whole idea, we didn't have our process of selling to yeah, the people yeah, yeah. figured yeah. out. We had a lot of learning to do. Selling to the people. That was it. <laughs> yeah, we figured it out, but we didn't figure it out the first day. Yeah. So you know, the first day, you know, we sold a couple hundred bucks worth of stuff, and then the next day, Sunday, you know, we did a whole lot better. Hmm. And then we moved our location the following weekend, and that was something great. And then we started packaging these products into kits. Mm. That was when things really started to shift. And as we started to give people, you know, you go into the auto parts store, you look at the wall. We call it the wall of confusion. You know, 50 different soaps, 50 50 different tire dressings, 50 different, uh, you know, waxes. What do you use? So I put everything in a bucket, and I went and bought all of the Sterilite buckets right. from Target. Target sold these blue buckets with silver handle, yeah, yeah. made in USA. And that was the big thing. Everything had to be made in the USA. I went and bought these buckets, and then I started getting a car wash mitt. I got a, a wash mitt, and then I got into drying towels, figured out a drying towel to sell. Mm-hmm. So then we started putting everything into a kit so that you didn't just buy the soap, but you bought the actual wash mitt to wash your car mm-hmm. with, the drying towel. It to made dry. it feel like a comprehensive sort of like... I want to do this. Yeah. Now, were these were these buyers at the time, were they aspirational sort of, were they really hobbyists or were they just guys like me who 
got motivated to clean my car one day and bought a bucket of a product. Both. Really? So a lot yeah. of times what you had is the people who just were true, just enthusiasts. They love touching their car. They get all kinds of therapy. Like I call it shine therapy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get total shine therapy. If I can go home right now after this interview and if I can go ahead and go home and detail something, you know that I'm in a good place. You know, it's mm. going to be like my – I would really, really enjoy that. My, well, my reality does not always include that free yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had people like that who just loved it. Then we also had people that were just dissatisfied with the job that they were getting going through the car wash. Mm-hmm. When you drive through the car wash and you see your car after the after it's yeah, been in the car wash, yeah. you got – one, you got more scratches. Two, all the dirt's not gone. Three, you got water pouring out of every orifice in the car, right? So bottom line, people were just like, I'm just sick and tired of not getting really great results at the car wash. I have time. And in Southern California especially, every day is a fine day to wash your car. Uh, It never rains. You know, there's not like weather. You know, it's not too cold to to clean your car. But we were able to get both, both Mm -hmm. the enthusiast and the person who wants to do a better job on their car. So at what point? Did it become a business where you like screw real estate? You know, I can actually make a living at this. It was pretty quick. Really? Yeah, it was pretty quick because our detailing, um, I was detailing cars for all the guys in the uh, real estate office. The only way uh, I could make money in real estate was to detail oh, the guys' cars because I, I, I literally, I just, <laughs> you know, it's hard to be successful at something you're not passionate about. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I learned that early. You know, I, I was not passionate about selling apartment buildings, you know? What'd you charge for guys then doing their cars back in the, what, 80s, 90s? Yeah, a couple hundred bucks. Really? Yeah, 200 bucks was probably probably a full... So the guys that knew how to sell real estate were hiring you to do their details. Exactly, yeah, they were successful. They were passionate about their their business. Therefore, they had the revenue, they had the income, and they had the nice cars. I was driving around in the most clapped out 1991 Ford Explorer. Oh, man. And I'll never forget, I put the fifth transmission in it, and I finally was like, Oh my gosh, I need to figure this out. I need to get a life, you know? So so it was really easy to make that transition. Yeah. And as soon as the weekend business started to really take off, um, and then there was one critical event that happened. Hold on to that. I want you to talk about that one critical event. As soon as I thank my sponsors, you're listening to Proco 360, named Best Denver Podcast three years running in the last two years, Best Colorado Business Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is Adam Patali, founder and chief detailer of Adam's Polishes. Hey, I want to thank sponsors, Kinsley Meetings. Kinsley Meetings is Proco 360's longest running sponsor. The business for them is growing based on a great reputation for conducting meetings with lots of moving parts. Give them a call. Also, Via Technologies, really appreciate them hosting Proco 360 and all the great help that that team gives me around managing the website. And Colorado Biz Magazine, our partnership is one of building our audiences together. Please go to Proco360.com and check out the sponsors now back because I'm really curious, Adam, about this one pivotal point that made your business shift from what, a weekend swap to something real? Yeah. And what what it was is this guy walks up to me one morning and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. This is kind of a, kind of a, a very stately dude, you know, mm-hmm. big, big dude, gray, long gray hair. He's got a hat on backwards. He's got his Oakley Iridium blades on. Do you remember those? Like the gold Iridium oh, blades? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The glasses that were like super cool at the time. Yeah. yeah that, they were the jam. Anyway, yeah. this guy walks up to me. He's at the end of a big fat cigar. And he's at the end of this crazy giant 32-ounce beer, right? Mm. They, they sell huge beers at the swap. Huh. It, was, it was awesome. Anyway, 
He's up at, he's, you know, it's early. He's at the end of a cigar and end of a beer. He walks up to me and he's like, hey, who's the detailer here? And I'm like, well, that's, that'd be me. I'm, I'm a detailer. He's like, oh, listen, I got a problem. I got a big problem. I'm like, well, okay, sir. How can I help you? He's like, I got these trucks and they're red, only they're all turning pink. Ooh. He goes, I can't even afford to put tires on my truck anymore because I'm spending my whole budget repainting trucks. Hmm. I'm like, well, that, that seems strange. Yeah. I go, where, where where are the trucks? He's like, they're all over. And I said, they're all over. Okay, that's interesting. So what are you doing? Well, how's this? Can I come see him? He's like, absolutely. I go, can I have your card? He goes, I don't have a card, but do you? I said, yeah. So he yeah. gives my card, flips it over, writes down the address, you know, 12345 South Central Avenue, Los Angeles, California. And I'm like, okay. And I went to USC, you know, I was – I know South Central, yeah. you know, L.A., it's rough. Anyway, I so okay, I'll see you tomorrow. It was a Sunday, so the next day I went yeah. went and saw him. I get there. I pull up to the uh, that address. It's the Coca-Cola bottling plant. Oh, my gosh. Huh? And I'm like, <laughs> no way. This is the Coca-Cola bottling plant. That guy? So I walk in, and I'm looking around. I go, hey, I'm looking for a guy named Ron Vogt, V-O-G-T. And uh, the guy goes, I'm Ron. And this guy was like – super clean, uh-huh. crispy, perfect white shirt, hair back. Because I don't even saw the guy's eyes, right? He was, And I'm like, Ron, I'm the guy from the swap meet. He's like, oh, get in. So he gets me in his golf cart, and we start driving the lots. There's four square blocks of downtown LA that's Coca-Cola. Mm. One's a bottling plant. One's a you know manufacturing facility. Bottom line, he starts showing me all these trucks. And in fact, they are all pink. These trucks are all fading. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Well, Let's see if I can get a little corner of one dialed in. Okay, great. I brought a couple products with me. I go and I rub on the corner of this thing, and it's gel coat. It's something very different than a normal mm-hmm. paint, like on a car. So I get it, you know, a darker, shinier version of pink, but not perfect. <laughs> and he looks at it. He looks at me. He goes, you'll figure it out. Get in. So <laughs> we get back in. We drive the thing. I said, how many trucks do you have, Ron? He goes, I want to. 3,400. Oh. <gasps> And I go, 3,400 trucks. I'm like, you're kidding me. That's crazy. What do you um, – okay, so I'd love to do one. Let me, let me get one done. Let's do this. How much money do you, you, know, you want to pay for something like this? What's your, what's your budget, your intended budget? Because I have no idea how to even do one of these trucks. First of all, I've never done a tractor trailer. I have no idea. And he goes, well, I'm paying 2,200 bucks per truck to paint them. I, wanna, I, I need to pay around 220 bucks to detail them. And I'm like – so that's my number. Okay, let me see what I can do for 220 bucks a truck. And I came back the following, uh, the next day, and figured out how to detail one. Got some great advice for some dear friends who were also detailers because I had no idea mm-hmm. and did some learning and figured it out. Over the next two, three weeks, I figured out that I don't know anything about paint correction and that the process that we were using was taking nine or 10 hours per truck. Can't make money doing that. We yeah, weren't yeah, making yeah. any yeah. money. So we started combining products. We started developing different systems of detailing that could do it faster, that could reduce redundancy, mm. that could eliminate multiple steps and get it down to one step. And as we did that, we'd figure out a new product, right? And then we'd go to the chemical manufacturing plants. There's a, there's a handful in, in Southern California. So I went to one, went to another, went to another, and said, can you make me a product that's like these two plus a little bit more abrasion, or this, these two plus a little bit less shine, like for a tire dressing. They figured this stuff out, and over time, having basically, we did 10 trucks a night, every wow. night. We started wow. at 3 p.m. We had to be done by 3 a.m. 
So then they, they load them up at around between four and yeah. five and out they go. So every night I had basically a lab hmm. and I would sit there and work on these trucks and I went and got guys, my, my, my entire detail team, they were uh, workers that were in the Home Depot parking lot. Hmm. And I would go and get them in the morning and be like, hey, guys, anybody here know how to detail? No? All right, I'll teach you. Get in. So Wow. So how scientific are these formulas? Like when you went, you, when you went to these places, were they really scientifically oriented chemical manufacturers or were they just mixing stuff? Oh, they were, they were super, you know, very, very, very much advanced chemical formulations. Only I didn't have any training in that. I just said, listen, this compound, the way it finishes is leaves too much dust or this tire shine, the way it finishes, it's too greasy or oily. So you told them what you wanted and they were able to, so that's what flipped the switch from you being simply a detailer to a products guy. Exactly. That's cool. It was Coca-Cola. Wow. Now I'm going to, Ask, I mean, I kind of want to nerd out a little bit more around products because you're doing some pretty interesting products. There's something now called graphene ceramic coating. Like, talk about some of the places you're going with products now. So technology has come a huge, huge long way now. And in detailing, the amount of technology that's come along after ceramic coatings were developed literally changed the entire game. It changed everything that you would do for maintenance on a vehicle because it makes your car protection last exponentially longer. I've seen the videos where water just comes careening off of it. And so, but yeah. like, like, why wouldn't manufacturers or dealers like do that and charge you, you know? Like, well, some do, do some, yeah. some, some pretty, uh, you know, thoughtful deal dealers mm-hmm. do, yeah. but you got to realize the dealerships aren't, aren't exactly car care experts. They're just not, you know, there's, there's very few that are, there are a few that are, that are pretty thoughtful, but most aren't. We have been able to train a lot of them, but really when it comes to the ceramic coatings, when it comes to the, the, how easy it is to wash your car once it's ceramic coated, like you, you you ceramic coat your wheels, man, the effort Mm. to clean your wheels is so much quicker and easier. And then doing your paint and doing your glass. I mean, all these things just got better. But it was one of those things, it was like when, when black and white TV went to color. It wow. was that big I, of a shift. I have seen some videos showing demonstration of your products being both applied and then the result. They're pretty astounding. Mm-hmm. And, and still, I wonder, I want to talk a little bit more about your niche because you talk about the hobbyist. And, and I, you know, it's sort of an interesting term to me. It's almost as though, you know, hobbyist and compulsive you know, sort of blend somewhere. And and maybe like, I I just can't imagine someone who's fanatically cleaning their car, but that's really your customer, right? It's people who love their car enough that they want that. What did you call it? Detail therapy? Yeah. Shine therapy. Shine therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about your customer a little bit. So we've got, you know, there's a couple different buckets that we consider our customer base. One of our buckets is the professional detailer. Now the professional detailers, they want the fastest way to a perfect finish, right? They're going to, cause they're charging, they're charging for a detail, which is typically not hourly, you know, yeah, they're charging yeah. for a job. So they need yeah. to get it as quickly as possible. Now that's probably 10 or 15% of our customer base. Mm. Then there's the customer that just, just got their new car. They, maybe they got to a point in their career or they got to a point in life where they finally got the car that they really, really wanted mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and they care about it more than previous cars. Yeah. And then they realize, you know what? I want to take better care of this car. And then they, and then just like anything, once you have the right tools, you know, boy, is it more enjoyable, you know, it's more enjoyable if you're, so 
that that customer. Then there's the customer that's been a long time in car enthusiast yeah. who loves doing Maybe all Maybe they've stuff. got a hot rod or they've got a new vet or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. That customer is just looking for a better mousetrap. They're looking for a better towel. They want a better detail spray, something you spray and wipe, or they want a better metal polish, which breaks down to a lower, you know, micron size so that the finish is less scratchy. So, so for them, for that customer, like how much, what percentage of your market do you think is that customer? The sort of fanatical hobbyist? I'd say, I'd say between 30 and 40%. Really? Yeah. And do, and they probably buy some of your most interesting products, right? The ceramic coatings, they do it themselves and all that kind of stuff, right? Yep. They try everything. In fact, we have a, we have a couple thousand customers that no matter what we come out with, they buy it. Hmm. So we're going to sell 2,500 of X product, regardless of what it is. Hmm. We're going to sell the no matter what to certain people that are just like, I'm buying everything that you guys ever make because rarely do we put out a real major dud. Now, hmm. do we do, do a dud sometimes? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're not Jesus, right? There's no, we're not perfect, but we definitely have, uh, have a high success rate of getting great products into the hands of our customer base. Mm. Yeah. Well, with 300, 350 SKUs, something like that? Or more, yeah. Yeah, more. And, and uh, it sounds like most of them have been pretty well received. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, a lot of them, one is new and improved. So we'll take, we'll take two products that are working mm. okay yeah, yeah. and come in with new one yeah, product. Yeah. That combines it. That'll again uh, reduce yeah, redundancy. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Redu- redundancy is like a big thing well, for us. I noticed back when you produced these cheesy videos uh, early on. Yeah. You were like, and you tell the story about it. Like you're wearing these short shorts, and you know you're out in somebody's fancy house you obviously didn't own, and oh, you're yeah. you're polishing somebody's car you actually obviously borrowed, right? So oh, talk yeah. about it. Go go back and talk about that sort of goofiness and how you've evolved from an image standpoint. So what what I what one of the greatest things that we had in the beginning of this business was I had the ability to look at a customer in the eyes and listen to their story and find out what was not working in their car care regimen. And I get feedback regularly. And then people would buy something and say, you know, it was pretty good, but it would be better if you could do X. Mm-hmm. It, it would be better if it would be not so dusty or or the tire mm-hmm. shine is a little bit too shiny or whatever. So I got this huh. ability to get really good feedback. The other thing is we used to hand out a sheet, an 11 by, uh, no, eight and a half by 14 sheet. So it was a legal size piece of paper. We would laminate it and it was step-by-step instructions. Yeah. Okay. This is before making your own video was really a reality. Yeah. So that video that you're talking about was the very first video I ever did. And we did it on a three and a half inch floppy disk, Sony Mavica or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Okay, my buddy Mike Wilson, one of my best, you know, my, my, my absolute best ever employee from the, from the early days, him and his daughter, Ashley, they would work the swap meet with me. And he helped, we did this video because people were still confused. They would read these instructions, mm-hmm. but you couldn't explain how to, how to move the bottle around yeah. the tire to apply tire shine by talking about it, you had to yeah. show it. This this whole this whole notion of like here's how to here's how to detail here's how to do it efficiently, you know it. I think I think it's a beautiful deal because it really dovetails so well with your audience. Now, people like me, I, you know, I want a clean car, but I don't care that much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm intrigued by it. I'd love to using your products. I'm not going to do it the way you're t- – like I'm not really your customer on a regular – I'm not you like your core customer. Mm-hmm. But I think that's cool. It doesn't matter because you know your core customer. Mm-hmm. It's not me, although I'm happy to use your products and I did enjoy using them. I actually 
listen, I got to say, I, I, um, when I used them, it was kind of fun. It felt kind of gratifying because it wasn't, it, it felt, I don't know, more visceral uh, of an experience. Um, I felt closer to my vehicle. It was weird. But anyway, I, I, I want to remind listeners, this is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with Adam Batali, founder and chief detailer of Adam's Polishes. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. Hey, um, we, we only have a few minutes left, and I want to ask you quickly now to just sort of give us a quick overview. What's your operation look like now? I've been to your warehouse. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's not a little home business anymore. No, it's not. You know, I was, you know, initially living in my warehouse for the first three years, and we do all the bottling right there in the parking lot, you know, so it was mm-hmm. pretty a different deal. At this point, we have a pretty significant facility right off of uh, I-25 and 84th. So you can see our building from the freeway. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a good size Big facility. Big logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we hold uh, – so in, in that facility, we do all of our fulfillment for all of our online orders. We do fulfillment for all of our Amazon orders. Mm. We do fulfillment. So we're the licensed car care products for General Motors. So we are also – our wow. stuff's available in every Chevrolet, Cadillac, and GMC store. So we do all the fulfillment for all of our General Motors uh, partners. We also do filling, we do labeling, we do all that stuff in-house. Now, um, through the years, we have also acquired a good number of our suppliers. One of our suppliers right here in, um, in uh, North Glen, and we have now, we acquired them back in 2016. But, but now what we have is we have facilities all over, you know, the Denver, you know, North Denver area. Yeah, that's So cool. we have, uh, like I think we have 100 and, I think 120,000 square feet now. Throughout the throughout the area, yeah, and over 100 employees. Yeah, we have well over 100 employees. Yeah, yeah. and just cool. just in the Adams side, we have another, you know, 100 plus employees in the chemical manufacturing side. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I think an important thing to talk about, especially on this podcast, is why did we end up in Denver? Why that was of all my next places? Question. Yeah, because you came from California, right? So California, you know, this is California. We started in 2000. In in about 2007, it started to become clear that I was not going to be able to buy real estate in Southern California. It was also became clear that as e-commerce started, California was a horrible place to try to ship nationwide because it Mm -hmm. took six to seven business days to get – that was – you know, things didn't used to be as quick as they are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Customers on the East Coast were really upset about how long. wait a week to get stuff. Yeah, my car's dirty today. Yeah. Today. They want it Friday. They want their stuff for the weekend. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody wants their stuff. So we started considering different places. Um, I met my, my, you know, girlfriend who's now my wife. And she's like, listen, we're not living in Southern California. This is not where we're going to do things. The California Air Resource Board, I mean, you couldn't imagine an organization that was worse hmm. worse off for a chemical-type business. So we had to find a new situation in a new place and somewhere in the middle of the country where we could ship. So my sister, she went to CU Boulder, and I came out and visited her while I was going to USC. And I'm like, that's a pretty cool place. Maybe let's check that out. Came out. I'm like, we can do this. We rented a little building in Boulder. And we moved our business there in 2009, and my gosh, was it a great idea. Denver, um, we went from Boulder, then our next yeah. place was in Louisville, and then finally in Denver. And then this and this place here in Thornton is, is great. The ability to do business in Denver is such a great spot to be a distribution hub. You know, we get to all yeah. coasts quickly, and uh, we have a great ability to get great employees here too, which is 
different than, you know, how much you got to live. Your, your living money is so huge in Southern California. People are spending so much time in traffic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way better Well, here. and where you're located, you can you, you can reach the periphery a little bit better, too. Yeah. Um, hey, wanted to ask you how you've changed as a business leader from when you were, you know, doing swap meet stuff, basically just managing a handful of detailers to what you're doing now. Um, well, that, talk about a humbling experience, right? You, 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 lo- you learn that, boy, do I not have all the answers here? You know, through this entire, um, through this entire thing, I have learned to develop, you know, really develop people. Um, my business partner helped me a lot in, in getting, you know, I took on a business partner in 2016. His name's Derek Johnson. Anyway, he helped me a lot develop people. Like I would just write somebody off like, this guy's just not going to work out or this guy's amazing. Well, maybe, maybe we get different people in the bus in different seats on the bus to make this thing run mm-hmm. better. And he really helped me sort of see mm-hmm. through this and identify how we can help employees be, do their best and be their best. So getting employees in the right seats in the bus was a big thing that I learned. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of humiliation coming that way because, you know, I did so many things wrong on the way. You know, I, I had some great employees over this, over this development that I lost that I wish I could have back. You know, I really wish. And then we've got some great employees that I never would have thought would have become as amazing as they are. You know, people that have way outperformed my, my, my expectations. So, you know, there's uh, throughout this, this conversation, you've mentioned by name, I don't know, six or eight people that strikes me. Uh, because it's unusual during an interview that somebody names people by name so often, and and so why do you think you do that? Well, when it's it's such a huge part of the development of our business. I mean, I hired a kid back in uh, 2009, right when I moved the company to Colorado from California, and I hired this kid named Matt Butcher. Matt Butcher wanted to just work for us. He didn't care. He's like, I love this company. I want to do whatever I can. He started shipping and receiving for us. Well. You know, he's 20 years younger than me. He's, he's, you know, he's a millennial. He's his kid. Well, bottom line, he helped us take our entire business from me pulling a trailer around the country to car shows and setting up and doing, a, mm. doing demonstrations trying to sell. He is the one who's literally responsible for making AdamsPolishes.com be such a massive success story. I never would have done that. I never would have thought to try to develop a web page and a web store. But it made our company exponentially bigger. So in each of these times that I've named a person, you know, and I'm not naming everyone, like Joe Trigero, who's sitting out in the thing right now, who's our main video guy. He's been he's now he's now in front of the camera as much as he's behind it. Um, he's been with us for you know 10, 12, whatever, 15 years. He's amazing. These people all have added so much to the business that for me to sit in here in front of this microphone and say, oh yeah, I'm just this amazing guy and I just had this amazing business. That just wouldn't be accurate. You know, I have to give credit to these amazing people that helped us get to where we are today because, you know, without them, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be sitting here. You wouldn't be interested in talking to me if it wasn't for a lot of these people that I mentioned. Yeah. So last thing, I mean, you've got – you're raising a family in Colorado, three kids? I mean – Three kids, yeah. yeah. 14, 9 and – 14, 9 and 12 and what a ride. Mm. Yeah, it's a ride. Are they going to be entrepreneurs? Do you share your entrepreneurial journey with them? I really hope so. And it's so crazy. You know, I'm, I'm 51 and I had kids pretty late in life. You know, I've got young kids. Most of my friends are now having grandkids. You know, my friends had kid kids, you know, they got married. I'm out older than you and I don't have grandkids. Good yet, for so, you. Yeah. yeah. You're on my deal then. That's yeah. good. Good for us. Yeah. Well, bottom line, you know, I did start late and my, my 
hard work and living in the warehouse, doing whatever I had to be doing, being gone for weeks at a time on the road, driving across country, you know, they didn't really see that as much. You know, those were in the early days before a lot of it was before they were born. Yeah. I hope that they, they are, you know, we, we are a little bit in real estate too. You know, we, we tend to buy really awful houses and we remodel them as we're living them and, you know, step it up, step it up, step it up. You have time for that? No, but the subcontractors <laughs> do. <laughs> and yeah, my but wife you're living in them. I know it's crazy. Oh. Yeah, every time my wife got pregnant, we we were we moved into a new terrible house, and God bless her. She's she's been so patient. Drywall dust and banging and roofing happening while the wow. baby's asleep. So. so getting back to the kids, though, do you think? I mean, do they do they come in? Do they work with you? Do they do any of that, or do they like, no, Dad, that's your thing. I'm doing mine. Oh no, I have great videos of them filling bottles and putting labels on them and stuff. So I think that they're going to be. Uh, I don't think that they know anything else. I can't imagine them becoming. Uh, I hope that they work for someone at some point, just to at least learn that it would be way better to work for themselves. You know. Oh, what a great note to end on. I'm going to do that. I'm going to end us. I'm going to wrap us wrap us up. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Adam Vitale, founder and chief detailer of Adam's Polishes. Thanks. What a fun conversation about sort of the growth of a business from nothing, right? Oh, thank you. It's been great talking with you. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Listeners, glad you're here on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Thanks again to show sponsors via Technologies, Kinsley Meetings, and Colorado Biz Magazine. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado. So I didn't realize you've got quite the operation in Colorado that you do. We do. Yeah, we've got yeah. a good, good with the good manufacturing and, mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, are, is it is it important for you that Adams be recognized as like a Colorado company? Colorado. Let's be honest. Colorado is a popular place. It it definitely adds um, it adds status to our brand. 